This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. After 16 years, Angela Merkel is no longer Chancellor of Germany, leading Europe's biggest economy and therefore, in a lot of ways, Europe through some of the most challenging times post-World War II. She certainly left her mark on modern political history, with a whole generation having never known another leader. So in this shortcut, we're going to delve a little deeper into her early life growing up in East Germany. We'll look at the Merkel legacy and Germany post-Merkel. Squeeze Shortcuts is the backstory to the big news stories. I'm Kate Watson. And I'm Eliza Harvey. Eliza, it feels like Angela Merkel has been around forever. She kind of has. 16 years is a pretty good innings. She's been a stabilising presence in Europe and on the global stage more broadly. Let's go back to the beginning, to her childhood. Good place to start. So Angela Merkel was born in Hamburg in 1954, and at that time, Germany was divided. So Hamburg was in West Germany, which was allied with Western democracies like England and America. East Germany was allied with Russia or the Soviet Union, which made it a socialist state, which points to the political system that believes that everything should be owned or at least controlled by the state. And Merkel and her family moved to the East when she was a little girl. And that's significant because when Merkel became Prime Minister, she was the first leader to have come from the East. We'll get to Merkel's life experience in a moment, but let's quickly look at the differences between life in East and West Germany at the time. So West Germany had all the mod cons that you would have expected to see in America. That's like new appliances, modern cars. Mm. And to use an example, we can all relate to Levi jeans. They were banned in the East. They banned any good that was made in America. So if you were wearing jeans, particularly Levi's, if you could get your hands on them, you were really pushing the limits. You were were seen as provocative and Western and in a sense, pushing back against the people who were in charge. So this gives you an idea of the wider forces that were shaping the German society that Merkel grew up in. As we said, she grew up in the East. Merkel's family moved there for her dad's work. Her father, Horst Kastner, was a Lutheran pastor, and they were a family who believed in hard work and humility. Little Angela was a straight-A student, (laughs) and her teachers said although she possessed an inner confidence, she was very quiet and didn't want to stand out or seek recognition. The tale goes, though, that she was always pretty interested in politics. Yeah, and she graduated at the top of her high school class. But despite that, Merkel still had to battle her way into university. And that's because it was considered an unorthodox pathway for a pastor's daughter in a Stasi state. But she succeeded and enrolled in science at the highly respected Leipzig University. And she started her studies in 1973. I mean, the obvious question is, why science? Well, she developed a keen interest in the work of renowned scientist and pioneer in radiation treatment, Marie Curie, and in fact, portraits of Curie along with Merkel's other role model, Catherine the Great, two pretty important women, (laughs) used to hang in her office when she was Chancellor. A niche interest, but it saw herself get a PhD in quantum chemistry. We're getting a vibe. She's a smart person. She worked as a physicist at an East German science facility, but grew restless around the time the Berlin Wall was torn down in 1989. And this is where she gave politics a try. 
Well, her political life seemed to be defined by that incredibly significant moment, which is not a shock because it captivated the entire world. Mm. Uh, She did her due diligence on a number of political parties and eventually joined an opposition political movement called the Democratic Awakening. Well, that's its name in English, at least. And she became their spokesperson in 1990. The party merged then with the Christian Democratic Union, the CDU, and in that same year at the first all-German elections of the German parliament, which is known as the Bundestag, Angela Merkel won what we would call her seat and entered politics. Yeah, she rose through the ranks and at 36 was appointed Minister for Women and Sport. This was in Chancellor Helmut Kohl's government. Kohl was a great mentor to Merkel, later promoting her to Minister for Environment, a position she held until the CDU lost the 1998 federal election. Eliza, the next few years is where we see just how politically shrewd Merkel could be. She basically turned on her mentor. So the CDU under Cole's leadership had essentially received and kept illegal donations. And while it was never suggested that he personally benefited, he had oversight over the party's financial structures. So what Merkel did was pen an op-ed in a major German newspaper calling for her party to sever ties with Cole, which of course was her former mentor. And this helped neatly position her as the face of the new CDU, no longer tied to the controversial figures of the past. And off she went. She became deputy leader of the CDU before taking the job of party leader in 2000. It was in 2005 when the CDU made their way back into government and elected Germany's first female federal chancellor. Angela Merkel. And at the time, critics said her reign wouldn't last beyond a year or two, maybe. She actually went on to win four elections and is the only German chancellor since 1949 to leave of her own volition. Let's look at that remarkable legacy now. To take a walk through Merkel's legacy, we'll start at the beginning in her first role as Minister for Women. She was instrumental in steering the Equal Opportunities Act through Parliament and assuring each child was guaranteed a place in kindergarten. That was considered a really big deal at the time, and she also steered through policies in what would have been a very male-dominated cabinet about the need for friendlier and more flexible working arrangements, especially for women in the workforce. But the environment portfolio was her favourite, Eliza. It's said to have been anyway. She was a driving force within the EU for greater commitments to lowering greenhouse gases. She was also handed a number of crises to manage, both domestically and globally. So many crises. The first, the global financial crisis in 2008, and then the ensuing European debt crisis. It really shook the EU to its core. But it was the fiscally conservative Merkel who reluctantly but deftly gained support from EU countries countries to pull together a bailout package for the debt-stricken Greece. Mm. And those strict austerity measures demanded of Greece caused great disharmony at the time. But it's said that Merkel's pragmatic and scientific approach in nutting out that deal can be attributed with keeping the EU together during such a precarious time. Turns out that science degree came in handy after all, Eliza. She was also then called on to resolve another crisis, Russia's invasion of Ukraine and the occupation of the Crimean Peninsula 
Peninsula in 2014. So Merkel coordinated the EU response and ultimately Russia agreed to a ceasefire there. She and Russian President Vladimir Putin have what is believed to be a respectful relationship. She has the ability to keep him in check. They speak each other's language, although uh, these days apparently converse in German because Merkel's Russian is a little bit rusty, but we'll give her that one. (laughs) We'll forgive her that. Yeah, that's right. It's possibly one of those relationships that the region has taken for granted and it remains to be seen who can or will fill that void. There's one other event, Eliza, when she was leader that for me is really where I came to know Merkel. That was her decision in 2015 to allow almost 1 million Syrian refugees to resettle in Germany. It was a big one. It was a crucial part of her leadership, a really defining moment of Merkel. At the time, our televisions were populated with graphic images of people fleeing the Middle East, trying to get to Europe via Hungary, washing up on beaches and equally harrowing scenes. Mm. And Merkel really had a fight on her hands, both within her own cabinet and the EU more broadly, to get them to agree to Germany's role in particular in that major humanitarian crisis. Yeah, commentators said Merkel's compulsion to act was a mix of her deep Christian values and also they said a clear-headed realisation that if Germany didn't step up, the Balkan states would be left to deal with the disaster on their own. That's right. And that decision attracted a lot of criticism for Merkel, both at home and within the EU. She was accused of a lack of consultation with colleagues and introducing a new security threat to the region. And it provided an opening for the far right, which actually changed the political landscape in Germany. Interestingly, she also copped criticism from many people in the former East who felt let down or ignored by her. So like all politicians, she's loved and hated. Eliza, she announced back in 2018 that she wasn't seeking re-election for a fifth term. So this year, she wasn't on the ticket for the German elections. Let's look now at what's next for Germany and for Merkel. The German election was run in September. A new government has just been sworn in. It doesn't include Merkel's Christian Democratic Union. No, and that's a big deal because the CDU has been in power for about 50 of the past 70 years. Mm. The nature of Germany's elections mean that doing coalition deals are required to take government. And even though the CDU came in second in this year's election, it wasn't able to broker a deal this time around. Rather, the centre-left Social Democrats, the SPD, emerged as the winner under Olaf Scholz as their leader. He's done a deal with the Greens and the business-focused Free Democratic Party, the FDP, to take power. So the new Chancellor Scholz is familiar to watchers of German politics. The SPD was in coalition with the CDU and Scholz was someone Merkel worked very closely with because he was the vice chancellor of Germany. And what Scholz said was that he wasn't willing to go into coalition with the CDU this time around because the election results showed the people wanted change. So one narrative is that many voters just couldn't get their head around voting for the CDU with Merkel gone. That's right. And of course, there is a big leadership void for the new team to fill and they have some challenges to sort out right away, not least of which is climate change. Already Schultz has outlined an ambitious agenda for Germany on that front. And Merkel has been criticised for not making enough progress to decarbonise the very industrial German economy. But part of the new coalition's agreement is to phase out coal and bring the nation's economy in line with its climate policies. That'll be the big thing talked about across Europe for the next few years, we expect. 
That also leads us to what's next for Angela Merkel. She's 67 years old. Wow. And you'd imagine she's got a whole lot more to give right now, perhaps after a break. Uh, There's been a lot of speculation about her future plans. Um, Some see her accepting a guest lecturer role, perhaps at a major university or a senior role at the European Union or another big international institution. As for Merkel herself, she's remained tight-lipped about what's next. We will wait and see. There's also been some question marks around her health. A couple of years ago, she was seen trembling uncontrollably on a few occasions. And while it hasn't happened recently that we know of, many say she might need, as you mentioned, Eliza, a bit of a break. Well, she once said that she didn't want to be a, quotes, half-dead wreck when she left (laughs) office. She's got a good sense of humour. She seemed to get to the finish line in pretty good nick. But a holiday would be nice. I would imagine that she'd certainly want one. I would want one. And Merkel and her husband, who's a chemistry professor, uh, have previously enjoyed hiking holidays in northern Italy's Ortolan Mountains. Sicily is said to be another favourite spot. They have a holiday home in Brandenburg, near where Merkel grew up. So a few options as she rides off into the sunset. If you're in any of those places, you can Merkel spot, I guess. <laughs> All the very best to her. That's your squeeze it shortcut on Angela Merkel. On to our recommendations. Each episode of Squeeze Shortcuts, we recommend some further reading, listening or watching. On the lighter side of things, Eliza, Angela Merkel was at an event and she had a whole stein of beer poured on her. She was a very cool customer. That clip is worth a look, though. That poor, poor, poor waiter. I haven't seen that, so I'm really keen to jump in and have a look. Oh, it's good. (laughs) Look, I'm going to say that there's a great Guardian feature article on the highs and lows of Merkelism. Um, We'll put that in the episode notes. I also love this picture of Putin giving Merkel flowers as the, you know, the handover just as she was about to retire and saying that they'd keep in touch. And I've just kind of got this idea in my mind that she'd be like, oh, yeah, like, you know, don't call me. I'll call you. (laughs) (laughs) I think, yeah, to that break, I think that might be someone she might not want to see for a little while. That's right. Thanks for listening into this episode of Squeeze Shortcuts. It's our final shortcut for the year. We'll be back with another one on the 6th of January. Next week, we'll be putting out our great big squeeze quiz for you to have a listen to, test your news knowledge over the Christmas break. Thanks for sticking with us all year and we're looking forward to 2022.